Well, it's a blessing to be up here uh, in front of you guys. Um, the Lord has given me a word to speak tonight, and it's just been a blessing to uh, see why He's given me that word. Sometimes when I uh, preach, it doesn't, it's not very clear as to why the Lord gives me uh, what to preach, but as I've been studying out what He's given me for me to preach, I've... Um, I've used it every single day that, that I've been studying it. So each day that um, I've been studying it um, and going through the Bible, I've thought about it and I've used it, and um, it's just guided me. But we're going to be in Psalm, um, Psalm 19, Psalms 119, 30 through 32. Psalms 119, 30-32, it says, I have chosen the way of truth. Thy judgments have I laid before me. I have stuck unto thy testimonies. O Lord, put me not to shame. I will run the way of thy commandments when thou shalt enlarge my heart. Let's pray tonight. Do I thank for this day. I thank you for what you've done for me. I thank you for uh, the word that you've given me, Lord. I pray that you would Help your word to be hid in our hearts, and I pray that it would touch each and every one of our hearts tonight, Lord. And Lord, I pray that I would just be able, be able to be a conduit of your word uh, spoken to these people that are here tonight, Lord. Uh, thank you. Um, and I'm so, so thankful for this, uh, this opportunity. I pray that your name would be honored and gloried and uh, blessed today. And I pray that you would uh, also be with uh, the teens at Silver State as they are in service now and they're getting close to invitation. I pray that you would be softening and tendering every one of their hearts, Lord, uh, as they're at Silver State. I uh, thank you for this night in Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> so my question to you guys tonight is, are you making intentional decisions? Or are you making unplanned decisions? We're going to be talking about choices. If you think about it, we make a lot of decisions and choices every day. Um, some choices that we could think about are, and some, some that we would not make on a, daily, uh, on a daily basis, but life decisions or big decisions in our, in our lives, like where we're going to go to college, who we're going to marry, who we're, uh, where we're going to live, what job are we going to have, um, what house are we going to buy, what are we going to do for the rest of our life, what, what is God leading us towards, those are big life decisions. Or we could think of more daily decisions, what, what am I going to wear, what time am I going to get up, uh, what route am I going to take to work, what um, place am I going to park at when I get to work. Um, just daily decisions. What am I going to, like, I had to decide what suit I was going to wear tonight because usually Madison decides for me what I'm going to wear on Sundays. So that was, that was a blessing. So I had to make choices and, and what to match and what to, and to, to do in that. And uh, I'm, I'm thankful for my wife being able to do that because I couldn't coordinate her dresses with my suits and stuff like that. <laughs> um, but... Then there's uh, subconscious decisions that we make. Uh, a lot of you guys, just in the last five minutes, have probably 
uh, tapped your leg, crossed your uh, legs together, uh, rubbed your nose, you probably touched your hair, you might have bit your nails. <laughs> um, maybe, um, and just, just different stuff, maybe even picked your nose or something like that. Um, <laughs> thank you for your honesty. <laughs> um, some of us make impulsive decisions. We all know what that is, impulsive buys, all that sort of stuff. Um, even, I, I even looked it up, like what, how many choices we make each day. And, and Google says that an average adult makes about 35,000 decisions each day. That's a lot of decisions. That's, they said it's like one every two seconds, which doesn't really make sense. But when you, if you think about just all the little tiny decisions, like the subconscious decisions and the daily decisions that we make, it, it kind of adds up after a while. So that's a lot of thought into what we're doing. Our, our brains do a, a lot of work. Um, Google also said, which I thought this was interesting, it says each decision carries certain consequences with it that are both bad and good. So it, it's Google saying that you have consequences for each decision you make, whether it be bad or good. Uh, if you were to ask my wife, uh, she will tell you I struggle with choices uh, in general. Um, it's just, it's, we even had a discussion before church uh, in which I could not give her an answer because I could not make a decision right away. It was just, and this is stuff that I'm, I'm thinking about. I'm like, man, I just don't make very quick decisions. I, and not that that's a bad thing at certain times. It is a bad thing uh, at other times. But um, I'm just not the qu- quickest decision maker. Let's just say that. Um, I, I do well in restaurants that do not have many choices. I love to go to Alpine Inn. It is very, very simple. It's either vegetarian or filet mignon. Obvious. Either small or big. Obvious. <laughs> so it's pretty simple. The biggest decision you have there is dessert. And another decision is whether or not you're going to have more ranch that you can uh, lather on your uh, baked potato, which I always do. Um, I also like In-N-Out Burger, which we'll be going to as we travel down to go visit the teens at uh, Silver State. We're going to go to In-N-Out that has a cheeseburger, hamburger, fries, and a shake. That's your options. So pretty, pretty easy, and I like that. Um, so I, I'm not a great decision maker. I can never decide on what I want for breakfast, and I have a lovely and amazing wife that makes me breakfast every morning and prepares uh, a lunch for me as I go to work, and I'm so, so thankful for that. The Lord has blessed me with that. Um, but if she asks me, what do you want for breakfast on rare occasions, I always answer her, I don't know, right away. That's my first, first thought. I'm wo- woken up. I have barely any energy to make any decisions just make it, make it, and I'll be happy. I don't care what it is, cereal, uh, burrito, whatever. I just set it on the table, and I'm going to eat it. So I, I'm very thankful for uh, my wife, Madison, that does that for me. <clears throat> I have a select few 
options that I pick when I go to restaurants when there's a lot of, uh, lot of options. Um, one restaurant that I love to go to is the Firehouse, and it's not just a brewery, just so everyone knows that. It is a restaurant, and I go to only the restaurant portion of the, the building, and I only order the food that they make and not the drinks. So just so everyone, but I, that is the place that has my most, uh, the best burger I've ever had, and it's called the And Then Some Burger. And every time I go there, I only get that burger. It's amazing. It's so good. But I haven't ordered anything else there. I've ordered an appetizer, which is only one appetizer, which is the pork con queso, and then my, app, or my entree is the, uh, is the and then some burger. So there you go. You know my diet and why, why I decide the ways I do. <laughs> um, but bottom line is, is we make a lot of decisions and choices and that is what we do on a daily basis. What choices, uh, with that choices, you also decide on a certain direction you want to go. Each decision you make decides a way you want to go. So let me ask you, which way are you choosing to go? Which way are you choosing to go? Are you choosing the way of truth or the way of the ungodly? In our passage, it starts off in verse 30 as I have chosen the way of truth. Thy judgments have I laid before me. It says that ye have, uh, it says that he has chosen the way of truth. That obviously means that he has not chosen the way of lying. I know that's very profound. He has not chosen the way of lying, so he's chosen the way of truth. But in verse 29, it says, remove from me the way of the lying, of lying, and grant me uh, thy law graciously. So he's saying, I'm not, I have not chosen the way of lying, but I have chosen the way of truth. He's going into the, in the direction of truth. We could uh, also say that he has chosen the way, God's way, the way of truth. Um, God's word is truth. Um, in the second part of the verse, it says, Thy judgments have I laid before me. It, it means that I have laid God's word before my eyes. Judgments could be um, a synonym of like blueprints that we follow to build our lives. Um, I'm in the middle of wiring in an apartment, a 15-plex apartment building, and I use blueprints to see how the, the place is laid out. Usually I can go into a, uh, a place that just has framing, and I know basically where things are at, why, um, where they're going to put their bed, where they're going to put the cabinets, where they're gonna, where's the living room, and all this stuff. I know where all that stuff's at. I can see that without even looking at the blueprints, but I look at the blueprints so that I can get a specific measurement for specific areas, for cabinets, um, for what the builder wants for that uh, building. And for custom homes, it would be for what the homeowner wants for that building. But that contractor has a set of plans that he has made so that the subcontractors and the people that are working for him knows exactly what that contractor would wants for that building so that that building can be made correctly and sturdy and last for a long time. And same with the Bible. God has made a blueprint for our lives and is the Bible. 
It says in this uh, verse, it says, judgments. uh, (coughs) Thy judgments have I laid before me. So we are to set those judgments like blueprints before our eyes so that we can look at our life and um, look at God's way for our life and, and try to mirror that as close as possible with, with the Lord and that we can uh, honor God's decisions, honor our contractors, uh, basically, uh, what he wants for our lives. That is God's blueprint is our Bible. And so that is verse 30. Uh, let's go, down, go to verse 31. I have, stuck, uh, I have stuck unto thy testimonies. Uh, that kind of seems pretty obvious. I have stuck unto thy t- testimonies. It could be also used as cleaved. Uh, it says in verse 25 of that same chapter, My soul cleaveth unto the dust, quickeneth me, thou me unto, uh, according to thy word. Uh, you could also say it glued it, or it superglued me to thy testimonies. As to not be detached, superglue is pretty, pretty uh, sticky. It, it doesn't want to detach uh, itself from what it is bonded to. It means that I have laid, uh, <clears throat> I have stuck unto thy testimonies, so is unto thy testimonies or what you would have me to do. So I have stuck unto what God's will is for my life and for what God has, it wants for me in my life. Uh, and the next portion of the verse says, O Lord, put me not to shame, or don't let me do that which would shame myself. Don't let me do that which, which would shame myself. Verse 32 says, I will hasten to keep thy commandments. Not normally do you hasten, oh, sorry, uh, verse 32 says, I will run the way of thy commandments when thou shalt enlarge my heart. Sorry, I was looking at my, at my notes. But it, uh, when it says run, it could be said hasten. And it says that he, he, he hastened unto thy commandments. Not normally do you hasten to run to do some, some, someone's commandments unless you love them. So you, you must love the Lord to hasten to keep him and, and to have a and have great delight and pleasure in, in Him while you're doing that. You will not do that commandment unless you love Him. For thou wilt enlarge my heart, or because thou uh, shalt enlarge my heart. When I first saw this uh, verse, I thought of the Grinch. And when he uh, looks at his heart in the x-ray, and he's just like, yes, down a size and a half. And he's trying to he's trying to get his heart down because he doesn't care about anyone. He's the Grinch. He he wants to uh, love no one. He wants to care for no one. He wants to be miserable for the rest of his life. He wants to have the smallest heart possible. And then at the end of the movie, <clears throat> he starts caring for people. He starts loving people. He starts to realize uh, what's so great about that. And his heart expands and it grows and it large enlarges and. It is too much for him. He says, too much, too soon. And he's like, what? Um, he also says, uh, I'm feeling like he's feeling things and he doesn't know what this is. Uh, that actually quite uh, literally represents what this is talking about. To enlarge the heart means to, to make it free. 
in an, obviously to enlarge our heart, we think of we want to love more. But we also, you can also think of it as uh, to enlarge, to make, to make it free, to deliver it from all hindrances uh, to do what is right. The heart is constricted or made narrow by selfishness, pride, vanity, ambition, covetousness. <clears throat> it is made large by charity, love, hope, and grace. First uh, King, Kings 4, 29 uh, Solomon's heart is enlarged, and it says, And God gave Solomon wisdom and understanding exceeding, exceeding much, and enlarge, enlargedness of heart, even as the sand that it is on the sea, seashore. So, that is what these uh, verses mean, and, and, but more specifically, and this is how we can make decisions in our life, but more specifically, I want to talk about our choices in our life. How, in the beginning of verse 30, it says, uh, I have chosen the way of truth. How should you choose the way of truth? How can we choose the way of truth? Our, um, well, first and foremost, the way we decide and we, how we decide to make uh, decisions should always, and first and foremost, be based on the Bible. It should be based on the Bible. That is the fundamental, uh, foundational truth that we should base our decisions that we make every day based on the Bible. By truth. It says, I have stuck unto, or I have chosen the way of truth. God's word is truth. So it makes sense to choose truth, to look at God's truth, God's Bible, God's word. Um, not only our decisions uh, should be based on uh, the Bible, but it should also be based on trusting in the Lord. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. <clears throat> we should trust in, in the Lord. Trusting in the Lord should be a huge part of uh, our, our decisions that we make. Uh, our decisions should not only be based on trusting the Lord, but also our priorities. So, our, uh, do you have your priorities in order? This is something I'm working on, and I, quite honestly, uh, have been struggling with, and, need, and I needed to write th- those down. And I, just a couple weeks ago, I wrote, wrote down my priorities so I could remember it, I could look back at it, I could um, think on it, and... If I forget, and if I'm making a decision, I could, okay, what did I write down? Here, let me look at it. I, I put it on my phone so I could see it. What are my priorities? If you don't have your priorities in order, or even if you have them in order, if you're making notes, or uh, if you don't have a notepad or something, think about it, write it down, write down your priorities, and that that is something that you should have on, in your mind at all times when you're making decisions. Our decisions should not only be based on our priorities, but also uh, wisdom. James 1.5 said, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally, and braideth not, and it shall be given to him. We should be making our decisions, a lot of our decisions based on wisdom. And I know a lot of these coincide, but uh, these are some different points that I've been thinking about. Not only should we be basing our decisions on 
wisdom, but also on rules and standards. I was listening to a podcast uh, just today that said this, when too many choices abound, no choices abound. Meaning that when you submit yourself to a set of sacred commandments, that we gain a path that has a narrowness that saves you from the pitfalls and has compelling reasons for how to live our lives. And I thought that was very interesting as, as we have rules and standards in our lives that that focuses us on uh, the task at hand. For example, when you submit yourself to a workout program at a uh, place that you may want to work out at and you want, want to get more healthy and uh, get stronger, you normally, if you submit yourself to that work pro- program, you normally would uh, be more productive in that. Uh, you, have, you have a planned path for you. So with rules and standards in your life, if you have structure in those rules and standards in your life, you can be more productive because those decisions are already made for you. So you don't have to be thinking about what, what, what do I do in this? What do I do? What do I do? I, uh, just any sort of circumstance uh, that you could think of that rules and standards would apply, that also applies. So um, how should we choose, choose the way of truth? Uh, our decisions should, how should we tra- uh, choose the way of truth? It should be based on the Bible, number one, trusting in the Lord, priorities, wisdom, rules, and standards. Uh, these are just five things that I thought of uh, while I was studying this. My other question to you is not only how should you choose the way of truth, but are you choosing, currently, are you choosing an ungodly path? The Bible says, the way of the ungodly shall perish. Let's go to Psalms 1. Psalms 1. Psalms 1 says, chapter, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind driveth away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish." That last verse says, The Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. There is a great example of this statement being true in Genesis 13, 10 through 13. I'd like to turn there as well. Genesis 13, 10 through 13. Sorry, yes. Genesis 13, 10 through 13. The way of the ungodly shall not perish. This is talking about Lot and his decision of uh, pitching his tent toward Sodom. And Lot lifted up his eyes and beheld all the plain of Jordan, that it was well watered everywhere before the Lord destroyed, before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. 
even as the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt, as thou, thou comest unto Zoar. Then Lot chose him all the plain of Jordan, and Lot journeyed, journeyed east, and they separated themselves, the one from the other. Abraham dwelt in the land of Canaan, and Lot dwelt in the cities of the plain, and pitched his tent towards Sodom. But the men of Sodom were wicked sinners before the Lord exceedingly. So he pitched his tent towards Sodom. He made the decision to pitch his tent towards Sodom, which he may have thought that it was a harmless choice. It's not wrong, like Brother Perkins would say. It's not wrong. I just pitching my I'm just pointing my house towards Sodom. There's nothing wrong with that, right? I, no? I'm I'm just I'm just peering over the way. Yeah, that, that is a bad city. Well, he put a temptation before his eyes. He he pitched his tent towards Sodom. <clears throat> Lot's family perished because of this unplanned decision, this seemingly harmless decision. His family perished. The, the sons of his daughters of and his sons um, came out to be terrible, uh, wicked cities that persecuted Israel, and his the rest of his family perished. Which brings us to what I want us to focus on tonight. I know that was a long, more so long introduction, but I I want to focus more so on Lot's decision, his unplanned decision. Unplanned decisions. Every day you are making decisions that will lead your life in a certain direction, as I was talking about earlier. The question is, is, question is, are you making intentional decisions or unplanned decisions? I'm not talking about big decisions we make that we need to uh, heavily pray over, that, that need to be heavily prayed over. Those, those are very important, but I'm not talking about those tonight. More so, I want to talk about the seemingly insignificant decisions that we see that uh, that we see are harmless, but in the time in time causes large ramifications. The seemingly harmless decisions that we make every day, but causes lar- large ramifications. It is so easy for us to go through our daily lives and not make intentional Christ-like decisions, especially the small ones. Unplanned decisions are usually the most easy decisions to make because they take hardly any effort, right? They they don't take much effort to to decide. Uh, What is an unplanned decision? It kind of seems like a paradox, right? When I first thought of that, I was like, well, that doesn't really make sense. But now the more and more I look at it, it makes sense. Uh, For example... uh, of an unplanned decision would be unplanned pregnancy. That is an unplanned decision. Uh, I won't go into it, but that you didn't really plan for that pregnancy, but it happened because you didn't really plan for it. Um, But it was a decision that you made. We make unplanned decisions all the time that are pretty harmless. We could think of just little things like we were talking about 
that are subconscious, itching your arm, moving your hair, uh, tapping your leg, picking your nose, all that stuff. So, uh, but some unplanned decisions are not harmless. But uh, those unplanned decisions that aren't are, that are harmless, they they can be baby steps that lead us toward temptations in our life. Example uh, that I want to give you is uh, something that I learned from my Sunday school class that we we're teaching for sixth and seventh graders. Uh, it was in our leaflet. Uh, Haley might remember this, but it was a story of a girl that had uh, that really loved cookies, and her mom made her a fresh batch of cookies, and she had them in the cookie jar in the kitchen, and she was not allowed to eat those cookies uh, unless her mom told her to, that she could. So she was like, no, I'm not going to eat those cookies because mom told me not to. That's, I'm not going to eat those uh, cookies. I'm going to go in the kitchen, though, to get, get something for myself. Uh, but I'm not going to eat those cookies. Well, I'm going to go into the kitchen and get something from the cabinet right next to the cookie jar. And, but I'm not going to eat the cookies. That's, that's, I'm not going to eat those cookies uh, because mom told me not to. I'm not going to eat them. Well, uh, I'm just going to linger next to those cookies and look at them longingly. But I'm not going to eat those cookies because mom told me not, not to, to eat those cookies, right? Uh, so, well, I, I'm, just gonna, I'm just going to open up the jar and leave the jar laying there just so that, you know, the, I, I can air out the cookies and... and uh, make sure that some of the scent is going everywhere so I can smell it and I can, but I'm not going to eat the cookies because mom told me not to. And, but I'm going to, I'm going to grab one of those cookies and set it on the counter and put a napkin right next to it uh, because that looks really nice and I might be able to take a picture of that. But I'm not going to take a, I'm not going to eat that cookie because mom told me not to. And then she sniffs it, she gets it close to her, but she doesn't want to eat it because mom told her not to. And what happens? She eats it. She eats it, eats it, eats it. She eats it even though her mom told her not to. And she knows that she's doing wrong while she's doing it. But all those decisions were unplanned decisions. They, they were planned, you know. Uh, they were something that she, she thought of that would get her closer to it. But she didn't want, she had good intentions, but she gave in to, well, it's, it's not wrong. It's not wrong. I, I'm just going in the kitchen to grab something. She, she was getting her close, closer to her temptation. Maybe I could say her besetting sin. Um, what about, let's look back on Lot and his life. He pitched his tent toward that. It's not wrong. But he set his, uh, his eyes towards something that was a temptation in his life. Let's, let's about, think about lust. Well, I'm not going to do that. Um, your internet usage. Well, I'm, I'm not going to look at that stuff, but uh, I'm, I'm just going to, you know, scroll. I'm going to scroll Facebook. I'm going to use social media. Well, I'm not going to do that, but I'm going to look up uh, random words. You know, just, it's not wrong, but... 
You're getting yourself closer and closer to that decision, that, that temptation of yours, that besetting sin, maybe. Uh, what about movies? Well, it's, it's fine. It's just one, it's just one cuss word. It's fine. I, I hear it all the time. Well, well, there's, there's a, God's name is used, but I, I, I don't know. It's just, I, I think past it. I, I take, take it off my mind. Well, those decisions, those unplanned decisions that you just let go unsaid, nothing said about them, you just keep going. Those friends that you have that are leading you to worse friends, those, those relationships that you have, well, that person's not bad. They, they, only, they only drink on the weekends or they social drink or whatever. Or it, you could be, a, name, name it. Name your besetting sin. Name what it is in your life that you struggle with. What unplanned decisions are you making in your life that is leading you towards those seemingly unsignificant decisions? Proverbs 5, 8 says, Remove thy way far from her, talking about the strange woman, and come not near unto the door of her house. It says, this house of the strange woman is over here, but I am not supposed to go to the, near to the house. I'm not supposed to get close to it. I'm not supposed to even consider getting near it because even though I might have right intentions, that temptation in the right circumstance could be detrimental to you. So God's saying and warning us in, in uh, Proverbs 5.8, he's saying, go not near. Go the opposite way. Go out of your way. It's, gonna be, it's not going to be convenient. It's not going to be right. It's not going to be cheap. What, whatever. It's going to be expensive. It's going to take time. It's going to take more effort. But he's saying, don't go the way of her house. Go on the other side of the city. He's going to say, go not near. Go across the way, and it's not going to be convenient for you. You may have to make intentional decisions to not make those unplanned decisions that go unsaid, and, and you want to just get, get to your, the, what's most convenient for you. Well, those most convenient times in your life may lead to your biggest demises, your biggest sins in your life. <clears throat> you could also uh, be making unplanned decisions that neg negatively affect your relationship with the Lord. Not only could it be based on or something that would tempt you, but it could lead you away from the Lord in ways of, of your devotion to the Lord. I first thought of um, Bible reading. What unplanned decision are you making that is leading you away from reading your Bible? Are you getting up 30 minutes early to read your word, or read God's word? Are you getting up an hour early to read God's word? Are you too busy during the day that you don't get to it and you're like, well, ah, I'm really tired and I'm falling asleep while I'm reading the Bible in bed. I'm just going to fall asleep. And the next day, and the next day, and it happens. And the next day, it happens. What about when uh, the Lord pricks you to talk to someone about witnessing and to witness that person, and you don't have a track in your back pocket, and you don't, uh, you don't want to talk to them because you haven't talked to someone for a while. That's, that's being 
a, a poor decision maker. That is not deciding beforehand to t- grab a track from the church, grab a track from your house, grab a track. If you're going to give a track to anybody, it has to be on you. It has to be convenient to you for you to give it to someone. It has to be right there. What about praying? Do you have a certain time to pray? Um, giving? Do you have a certain budget so that you first take out your first fruits to give to the Lord? If you're not giving out your first fruits, it's going to be your last fruits, and those are pretty skimpy, for me at least. Uh, so I give them my first fruits. How about church attendance? Are you, are you making plans or schedules during church? Those five things are on our five to thrive list that pastor has done a, a study on and gone through, and it's five things that will help and grow your relationship with the Lord. <clears throat> the choosing Christian is likely to be the steady one, while those that are Christians by chance, carried about by every wind, uh, sorry, let me say that again. The choosing Christian is likely to be the steady one, while those that are Christians by chance get carried about by every wind of doctrine. Ephesians 4.14 that we henceforth be no more children, tossed to and fro, and carried about by every wind of doctrine, but by the slight of men and cutting craftiness, whereby they lie and wait to deceive. Instead of making unplanned decisions, we need to make intentional decisions. Proverbs 4.23, Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Uh, 1 Peter 5.8, Be sober, be vigilant, We need to make decisions. We need to be vigilant. We need to be diligent at saying, uh, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary devil is as a roaring lion walking about, seeking whom he may devour in those unplanned decisions. We need to ask ourselves what, or we need to ask ourselves when we make questionable decisions, whether it would be honoring to the Lord. Ask yourself, is this honoring to the Lord? Is this if the Lord saw me doing this, would this be honoring to Him? Would I be glorifying Him in my decision? In the little decisions. And this would be far more, <clears throat> this would be for the decisions that are seemingly insignificant, harmless, something that you would think wouldn't amount to anything. We make thousands of choices every day. So are you, make, are you making intentional decisions Or are you making unplanned decisions? Intentional decisions that would lead you closer to the Lord. Decisions that that are intentional. You have to think about them. You have to put some thought into it. You have to put time into it. You have to set aside time during the day to think about those things. To pray, to read your Bible, all those things. uh, To set up rules and standards. Or are you making unplanned decisions and just going about and not being diligent, not being vigilant. Have you chosen the way of truth, or have you chosen the way of the ungodly? You are going to choose one way. It's going to happen. You are going to choose one way. What I'm afraid that we are doing in our lives is we just go about our day and don't make a thought about what decisions we're making. What little decisions are that are make that we're making that is deciding the path of our life? Each decision decides our path. We make a decision that decides our path. 
Are we basing it on the Bible? When you are tired, when you are stressed, when you are on your wit's end and your mind can go no further, don't settle for an unplanned decision because that is where the devil works. That is when you'll choose the easy decision. So set up boundaries for yourself to not go close to the door of the strange woman, but to walk on the other side of the city and stay away from it. You must make intentional and decisively, you may, must intentionally and decisively choose the way of truth. Choose the way that God has made. Let us pray tonight. Dear Lord, I thank you for this night. I thank you for what you've done for us. I thank you for this word that has convicted me and that I have thought on since the day uh, you've led me to, to preach this tonight, Lord. I thank you so much for that. Lord, I am so thankful for the opportunity to, to use your word, to, to present your word, and I pray that every one of us would, would have heard you, Lord. Not heard me, not heard uh, the preacher, not Brother Breck, but that, you heard, that everyone heard from the Lord, not from me, Lord. I, I'm just your humble servant. And I pray that you would keep us all safe tonight as we uh, go our separate ways, be with our weeks, and help us to not make unplanned decisions, but that we would intentionally choose you each and every day, Lord. I thank you for this day. In Jesus' name, amen.